seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. Our unique team helps small businesses grow by providing essential marketing expertise. Hi, and welcome to the Marketing Essentials Podcast. My name is Bill Parmentier of W. Parmentier Photography. I'm Justin Kerr of Justin Kerr Design. And I'm Alicia Piazza with Custom Marketing Solutions. And together we make up the the Marketing Marketing Essentials team. team. And today with us we have a special guest, Mr. Rich Austin. How are you today, sir? I'm well. Thank you very much. So, I guess we should start off by uh, giving, letting you have a couple of seconds to give us a brief introduction of who you are and what you do. Okay, sure. Well, I have a company called Speaking of Success, and I help with communication skills. I help and coach and have workshops in things like public speaking and presentations. Um, I've always had an interest in speech and an interest in communications. I've been a severe stutterer all of my life, and then as an adult, um, I finally went through two or three years of fairly intensive speech therapy, and I had some other speech issues as well that I had to get ironed out, and then I became sort of my own speech therapist. and to any speech therapist out there, uh, I love you guys. You're great. <laughs> but uh, I work on my speech all the time. So after a, a fairly mediocre career in corporate life, I um, moved on to speaking of success, and I love what I do. Awesome. Awesome. So that um, I've known you for a little while through networking events. And I've known about your speaking of success, but now that I've heard a little bit of your story, that name now has a lot more significance to it. You know, the fact that you were successful in overcoming, you know, a speech issue and not only made yourself successful, but now you help other people be successful. So you caught on to that. Good. I did, yeah. <laughs> nice. It takes me a little while. Well, no, no, because I'm not Most the, people don't. I'm not the fastest knife in the drawer. <laughs> um, but, uh, or the sharpest. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was just making Alicia think for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Anybody that picks on Justin, I, all right. Yeah, yeah, because usually we pick on you. <laughs> this is true. So it's, it's taking some of the, uh, the stress so, off of me today. So but I, I do, before we dive in, I do want to ask one question since you brought up uh, speech therapy. So famous movie, King's Speech, um, I'm assuming you've seen it. No. Oh, you haven't? No, no. Um, actually, one of the odd things is if I'm around other stutterers, um, makes me very uncomfortable. Oh, okay. And I think it's an emotional thing because right. I understand um, what they're going through. Sure, sure. And, uh, yeah, I'd, so I haven't really had an interest in seeing it. All right. Well, the reason I was asking was I wanted to get your take on the authenticity of the methods that 
that particular speech therapist used for for the king. But since you haven't seen it, I guess we'll skip that question. <laughs> All right. Okay. Threw you off there, huh, Justin? Yeah. Yeah. I'm batting uh, over today so far. Well, okay. Like I said, it's usually me, so I'll take that. As Justin said in the intro, that Rich is going to talk about storytelling for business and how you get noticed in the age of distraction. So it's an interesting title, getting noticed in the age of distraction. Mm-hmm. What, what, what went into that as far as what, what was the catalyst for you using that title? Well, as you guys well know with social media and all of the assault, if you will, daily of thousands of pieces of information coming at us every day. And how does the brain figure out what's important? How does the brain figure out what it should pay attention to mm-hmm. when it's getting emails and tweeted at and instant messages and the Facebook thing and you know mm-hmm. all of sure. all of those things coming at you? It's so distracting that your message has to stand out mm-hmm. for others to pick up on it and understanding. And of course, storytelling mm-hmm. is probably the best way for a message to resonate. Sure. We've talked quite extensively in, on this podcast about storytelling and the importance of it. So when you said you wanted to, to uh, kind of put this talk around storytelling, I was excited to hear it because I, I always love to hear what other people's takes on storytelling is. So you, you basically uh, sent us a few bullet points ahead of time and, and some pretty cool things here, so I'm going to bring one of them up. Let's start with the first one where it says, why do we tell stories? Well, We've been telling stories ever since man figured out that he was he, mm-hmm. that I am, you know, the, the great I am, mm-hmm. that man realizes he's separate and he's going to die. And suddenly, he had to make sense of that. Sure. How do I understand that in the grand scheme of things? And retelling making up and retelling stories, whether they're fictional or historical events like the hunt or whatever, helped early man understand and accept their environment. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, through thousands of years, storytelling was the main form of communication. And the human brain is actually hardwired to interpret, understand, and remember stories. Hmm. Very good. So so the next part of that is, well, so when people listen to stories, we're wired to hear stories. What happens on uh, to, to a person when they're hearing a story? What is the, the listener going through when they're hearing a story? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, most people, and m- my discussion here is about storytelling for business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And If you've ever tried to sell something to a person in business, every person you're talking to has one thing in common. They're stressed. Mm -hmm. Business is hard, especially if you're a small business owner. And stress produces stress hormones. Mm -hmm. And they make you irritable. They make you short-tempered, intolerant, critical. Your memory doesn't work as well when you're under stress. Mm -hmm. So tell me how that works when you're trying to convince them to buy something from you. Mm 
Mm. It's you're already at a huge disadvantage. Sure, sure. So if you can set the tone, essentially set the brain chemistry, set the mood in the room mm -hmm. by relating a story, by getting them involved and emotionally attached to what you're saying, then the brain chemistry starts shifting over to releases of different hormones that make you feel good. They actually make you pay attention more. They actually make you remember what the person is saying. And in any business situation, that's what you want. You don't want the irritable individual who's just waiting for you to get out. <laughs> you want the person who is hanging on what you're saying and remembering and feeling emotionally involved. So can storytelling be both for a business? Can it be both like a marketing and sales tactic kind of combined in one? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like I was, um, I was working with a young woman who... She sells uh, life insurance. Okay. Okay. Not that exciting. Mm -hmm. But she was very good at it. Mm -hmm. So her company asked her to speak to 300 other agents. And she came to me and said, I'm not really sure how to inspire them. I'm not really sure what to do. And in our conversation, she mentioned the word legacy. And a lot of times it only takes one word. And so we got together and we came up with a true story where when she got in front of this group, she started by telling them that in 1888 there was a gentleman riding in his carriage going to work in Stockholm, Sweden. And he was reading the newspaper. And he read his own obituary, okay. which sort of startled him because he wasn't dead. Sure. <laughs> and the newspaper had gotten it wrong, obviously, but it was his brother that had passed away. But they thought it was him. And in the article, they referred to him as the merchant of death. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. And he didn't like that legacy. He didn't like what he was leaving behind. So he instructed his driver to turn the carriage around and go to the office of his attorney, where Albert, Albert Nobel, the inventor of dynamite, created the Nobel Peace Prize because he wanted to change his legacy. Sure. And as insurance agents for this insurance company, our job is to help our clients create a legacy. Hmm. And when she went on to explain that, suddenly you have 300 people there who suddenly feel noble sure. about selling insurance. Yeah, I see what she did there. So stories can, <laughs> you know, stories can really change people's perspective. Sure. Sure. Right. So you're not just selling a product, you're selling, you're now selling a legacy. Right. Or a service, I guess, right. or whatever you call life insurance. But that's, that's, that's a really good example. And it doesn't have to be a long story. There was an interesting and 
it may be true, it may not be, but it's attributed to Ernest, Ernest Hemingway. And they asked him to write a sh as short a story as he could. And Bill, you're nodding your head. I you think I vaguely right? remember, yeah. yeah. So he, he wrote a six-word story. For sale, baby shoes, never worn. Mm -hmm. mm. Yep, I remember that. Mm -hmm. And just those six words, everybody who hears that immediately has a picture and a story sure. coming into their heads. So if you do it well, write it well, hit the right emotional keys, a story doesn't have to be war and peace. <laughs> Sometimes that's actually a deterrent. If it's too, too long a story, you exactly. lose people halfway through it. And I think like when business owners hear like, oh, I have to write a story for my business, it just becomes like a daunting task because they think it's this huge, huge ordeal. But when you sit down with a professional, they can help you kind of craft it or pull it out and it doesn't have to be, like you said, a book. Right, right. <laughs> and, and the other nice thing about a, a, a story is you don't feel like you're being sold to. Right when you, when the story is being told, you are listening, and mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel like oh here comes the hard sell, you know, or, right, you know, right, which turns a lot of people off. I we may have talked about this in the other podcast, but one of the uh, things that I've heard recently on the radio, you know, Cardi's they're famous for their you know billboards, radio commercials, TV commercials, sure. But uh, they recently had a radio spot on, and they were selling dining room tables, and. The way they started the commercial was they took you back to remembering when you would sit around the table for dinner time with your family and you'd tell each other, you know, what went on in your day and you'd sort of reconnect at the end of the day and it was this family event. And oh, by the way, we have these dining room tables on sale for. And I just thought it was, you know, it took me right back, you know, right. to, you know, childhood. And it was a great way to, like you said, disengage the cynical and irritable part of my brain and engage me in a different ways so that I was more receptive to what they were marketing. And it probably took all of like 15 seconds, you know, to do that, but it was really well done. Um, now you were talking, uh, we were starting to talk a little bit about business and mm -hmm. how to tell a good story for sales and marketing. So what's the process that you'll go through with a client to sort of take them on that journey? You know, when they come in, they're like, okay, I, I, I need some help in uh, marketing my organization using storytelling. What, how do you help them? What's the process? Well, of course, for everybody, it's a little, little bit different. But first thing that we have to determine is do they know, and you guys are very familiar with this, do they know who their customer is? Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how many people have no idea. They start out the conversation with anybody who. Yeah, like the, the chiropractor, anybody with a spine. It's right, like, right. That's too broad. Right. Now, unless you're a undertaker, you can't say everybody's my customer. <laughs> okay. Other than that, you have to start narrowing it down. So the first thing that I do when I work with folks is we make sure we understand they know who their customer is, and sometimes we actually have to narrow it down in the initial conversation. Um, yeah, if you're selling real estate, 
everybody's not your customer. Everybody doesn't want to own a home. Everybody can't afford a home. Everybody isn't in a lifestyle where they want a home. So you have to start narrowing it down, narrowing it down. So, the, so that yeah, that's that's first thing we do is find out who they're talking to, and then we actually get into um, the story telling. And you want to make sure that it's emotional, but the word that I always like to use is relevant. Is the story you're telling relevant to the people you're trying to reach? If you're telling, if you're trying to sell um, African safaris, that's a pretty narrow marketing mit, marketing niche, mm -hmm. and yeah, I'd say. it's not going to be relevant to a lot of people. So you really have to narrow it down. So as as long as you know who your customer is and the relevance of what you're going to be talking about, then you want to start building the story. And any typical story, you have to have a hero, if you will, a protagonist. And as I've heard you folks mention, that's usually the customer. Yep. Um, it can be the company. Um, but, well, give you a great example, um, Apple Computers, 1984, they did a memorable advertisement, a story with no words. Mm -hmm. It had a, showed a auditorium full of people just staring at a screen uh, blankly. And this woman comes running down the aisle with a giant sledgehammer and swings it over her head and throws it into the screen and shatters it and breaks everybody's funk, everybody's concentration. And it was Apple's way of saying, this is 1984, but this isn't 1984. <laughs> and it was a great story, and Apple knew who they were speaking to. So in that case, Apple was the protagonist. So it can be the company, but it has to be, again, relevant. Can a business have multiple stories, or is there one like main story that a business should have as part of their marketing? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think any business can have multiple stories. I usually work with small to medium-sized businesses that don't have dozens and dozens of different divisions and products and that sort of thing. Um, so it's important if you're talking about your uh, mission, that's one story. Uh, but if you're talking about trying to and relate it back to the business model, you're trying to get somebody to purchase your product or your service, then you really have to have a story based on that. And the story would consist of talking about a relevant problem that you know this potential customer has or is going to have. And then talking about how the person in the story tried to fix this problem and it didn't work. And then they got in deeper. And then you talk about how they realized 
They need to have something different. And that's when you step in with the different thing, with the solution. And then they work with your service, with your product, and their solution, <clears throat> sorry, their problem is solved mm -hmm. because of what you brought to the table. Mm -hmm. And then the story ends, the story arc is completed when they understand the story you just told them is relevant to what their problem is or what problem they might run into. So that basically brings the customer, the potential customer, right into what where you want them, basically. Right, right. Now you've taken that stress away, you've calmed them down, you've gotten them into a place where they're receptive, and you've basically, for lack of a better word, you got them on the hook at that point. <laughs> I don't, right. I don't even definitely want to say that, but... Yeah, because what you've done is you've created the situation where suddenly you're telling them a problem somebody else has, and they realize, they recognize themselves in that story, in that problem, and they realize, oh, gee, yeah, that could be me, what if that happens? And then you actually get them thinking, what would I do? And then you tell them what somebody else did, and it didn't work. <laughs> and so they're now involved because, well, how does it turn out? Because how is it gonna turn out for me? And then you bring in your solution, and they realize, oh yeah, that's that's that makes sense. I could I could do that. And so you've brought that you've brought them full circle. You know, in a, in a much, I mean, that's a terrific process, and, a, and in a much less subtle way, you know, the late night commercials that sell these kitchen gadgets. Oh, info, infomercials? I mean, they use a similar pattern. It's like, you know, are you tired of peeling potatoes? Are you tired of spending hours in the mm -hmm. kitchen? And you're sitting there, you know, because it's, you know, 1230 night, you're going, yeah, yeah. And so by the time they get done asking all these questions, you're ready to buy whatever it is. That's like, like, have you seen the one where the guy that cuts the boat in half and then puts no. that seal? He's got the, I forget what the name of the product is, but it's a silly seal that basically is supposed to seal anything. It's like a rubber coating. Yeah, yeah. And he literally cuts the boat, uh, an aluminum boat in half, and then, and then reseals the seal it. tape, and then goes out on the water with it. Uh, I don't know. Like now, that. that's a really narrow audience, because how many people out there have cut their boat in half and are wondering, well, how am I going to get this back together? Well, <laughs> well at this table. Yeah, not, not one. <laughs> well, the reality of it is, is it, it was showing how it was versatile enough that it could right. do just about anything. Right. He actually used it underwater at one point and slapped this stuff onto the side of a, buc uh, a bucket that had water and stopped the, the leak underwater, and it was pretty cool. But it was one of those things, you, much like what you're talking about, it's like, yeah, I need that. I don't know what I need it for, but I need that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it is a similar uh, model, um, just not very subtle, you know. It's right, right. It kind of hitting you over the head with it, but... Um, yeah, but if you don't have a lot of time, subtlety is hard. This is true. Yeah. yeah. True. Now, with the... You've helped them develop, you've helped them determine, okay, who your audience is. You've helped them develop a story that you know is going to be successful in reaching that audience. What's the next step after that? I mean, do you advise them in regards to, okay, here's the channels where you should be 
marketing this story? I mean, do you take them into that or do you? No, no. I would say uh, talk to somebody, I don't know, maybe customize marketing solutions. You know, something like that. There's um, <laughs> a plug for you, Alicia. That was yeah. very that was very subtle. Subtle, but, subtle. That's, yeah. that's a great question though. Like how do you get your story across to people and yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah, it, it, that's absolutely mm-hmm. and I freely add freely admit that that's not what I do. Yeah. But um and then you have a great point um coming up on the list here, why millennials need to hear stories and and can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. Uh, not being a millennial myself. What? Uh, <laughs> I thought you were a, a young millennial. Yes, yes. I'm a very. I'm an ancient millennial. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the sage millennial. But uh, <laughs> wow. everything that I have read and researched, millennials grew up with the internet. They grew up with. In the age of distraction, if you will, where everything is advertised to them constantly. (laughs) And they just don't believe it. They've seen so many people get burned. They know that pretty much everything they hear isn't going to work like they say it's going to work. That great app that's going to solve all your problems, it doesn't solve mm-hmm. all of your problems. It doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And, oh, by the way, by the time it arrives in the mail, unless you've got Amazon Prime, it's obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't really buy into traditional marketing, traditional advertising. They want... They want to feel involved. They want to feel like they are relevant. And with millennials, it's all about storytelling. It's all about forgetting about the traditional marketing where you tell them the specifications and all of, all of the things about the product because they're not going to believe you anyways. <laughs> Forget telling them what the product is made of and the specifications and all that and tell them how the product is being used to solve somebody else's problem or to make somebody else's life better. And that's what millennials want to hear. A good example of that is uh, Tom's Shoes. You know, you, when you read their marketing and you, you see their marketing, you know very little about the shoes. What you do know is that for every pair of shoes you buy from them, they're going to give a pair of shoes to someone who needs a pair of shoes, you know, in a you know, third world country. Right. And that's what sells the shoes. And Not that's a, that they're, you know... Double-stitched or they have an extra tongue. Yeah, nobody cares. Whatever, right? Yeah. And right. people are actually willing to spend a little bit more money on them, too, because they're not the cheapest shoes around, either. No, right. you can get, like, similar ones at, like, like a Walmart, but they're not Tom's. They don't have that Tom's logo. Exactly. And you just told their story in, like, one sentence. I mean, if you go to their website, they have um, videos that go in more depth about the story and make you, um, they draw you in, but that initial story is what you just said, Justin. That's a very right. And now if story. you have a pair of Tom's on, you're part of that tribe. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what if you have them on I today. don't have my Tom's on today. But, but you're now you're part of that tribe, yeah. and when somebody else sees it, like, oh, you're, you're, you're involved in that, too. You care about that too. And it makes, you know, makes 
both of you part of that story. And, right. it, just, and it just brings the, the story further along to everybody yeah. else. It's great. And that it creates that fandom. Like fandom sure. is a popular word mm-hmm. in marketing now because people will not just buy... Viral, right? <laughs> yeah, viral so 2010. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Wow. But fandom, you know, people don't just buy one pair of Toms. They'll often buy have multiple. like three, sure. four pairs and seasonal and yeah, that's how they go. So... Um, you know, going back, Rich, to your your um, title of your your podcast, getting noticed in the age of distraction in millennials, like you said, they are hu- they're coming up to be a huge buying power within the population, and storytelling is important for them because it sets companies apart. But I also just think it cuts through it, like the noise, the digital it cuts through noise, all the distraction. Right? Yeah, there's right. so much out there right now. When you you turn you pick up your phone and you're hit with ads, you turn on a podcast and there's ads in between and you don't everything. have to even pick up your phone. It just right. Calls no, to you. I mean, yeah. and, and the reality is, we've talked about it in the past. Here is the stuff that's going to come to the top is going to be those stories, whether it be through a video, oral uh, mm-hmm. uh, retelling of a story. That's how you're going to cut through all that noise. As far as you know, the millennials are being bombarded. Thousands yeah. of times a day. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff, I mean, even I'm not a millennial and I, I find myself on my phone, I'll be looking at something, up, move past, scroll past that, don't even give it a second look right. because it doesn't catch my attention right off the bat. And I think a lot, so this is like something I deal with a lot and I do talk about lead generation for businesses, but it's almost like business and it kind of, it's one of my pet peeves, but businesses think that because of digital, they can bypass the fundamentals of marketing and just go directly to generating leads. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Mm, it doesn't. Nope. No. And if you do want to do generate lead generation, you have to go back to your fundamentals of knowing things like your mission statement, sure. your brand, but your story, your story can be your top of funnel right, because absolutely. it's not a hard sell and it draws that person in. Absolutely. It makes right. it relatable, relevant. I mean, the, the platform digital, it's just, it's it's just a tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't know your why, yeah. then it doesn't matter what tool you use. You're not you're not sending an effective message. And but. people and people are more and more cynical nowadays that they don't want to hear the hard sell. They yeah. don't. You know, I know for myself, the minute I hear somebody pushing hard sell, it's like flip the channel or or scroll past it or ignore it because. Mm-hmm. Who wants to deal with that? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and the millennials even more so. They they don't want to be sold to. Mm-hmm. They really don't. Not that anybody does, but no, they just want to binge watch on Netflix. Well, that's true. Too. Yeah, you can even skip the intro now on Netflix. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't have Netflix. Save I'm yourself still the time. that eight seconds. Great. And so, but like, if you <laughs> want to skip the intro of a show, like. How likely are you to pay attention to an ad that's just like, bye, bye, bye? How cynical have I gotten? I don't know if any of you have noticed, those of you are on Facebook. Uh, A lot more videos that are being shown on Facebook, if they're a little bit longer from a minute and a half, two minutes, are starting to have an ad midway through it. Mm -hmm. YouTube. I hit that ad and I'm scrolling. I don't even catch the second half of the video. That's how cynical yeah. I am. But I guarantee you that, that some people, this happens on YouTube, you know, if it's a longer video, you'll get an ad in the middle. Yeah. I guarantee you some people are driven to, you know what, I'm just going to subs- buy the subscription leave me alone. So, I, so they'll leave me alone. And yeah. it's like, you know, well, it's, I guess, it's, yeah. I guess it's you, a sales model. You know, yeah, it's like, hey, I like, if you don't want to put up with the ads, you know, pay us so much a month. Mm-hmm. So... I guess like going back to millennials and them needing to hear the story, you know, can any type of business cut through the noise and reach, maybe, maybe it is millennials, maybe it's not millennials as their demographic, but like, can any type of business tell a story, Rich? I guess the better question is what, is there a business that you would say you'd have a hard time coming up with a story for? 
Well, I was in um, Westfield, Mass. the other day, and uh, that's, that's called the Whip City because they made, they used to make a buggy whips. Really? I've been uh, there. I've been to Westfield. Yes, Westfield. yes. So um, that would be a tough company. Yeah, hard, to sell, hard to sell buggy whips hard, nowadays? Not, well, you couldn't sell them for the original purpose anyway. <laughs> and... <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, there's probably some lateral markets that you could tap into. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Let, we'll let our listeners come to their own conclusion on that yeah. one. Well, I mean, the millennials have, have latched on to a lot of um, what we would consider antiquated things. They're, you know, they brought Retro, back right? vinyl. Um, they they're typewriters. Very much typewriters. Polaroids. Don't forget the Polaroids. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, they Polaroids. might end up bringing buggy whips back. Who knows? Yeah, never know. Yeah. Well, well, I think, can you imagine a half an hour has already flown by already? Yes, I can imagine because I've been watching the clock. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so let's. I think Rich has like a couple other imp- like points that are pretty important. But like, what I guess you know, let's see, defining your product. Yeah, we, we went through a good amount of material. But summing up, yeah, I was gonna what say, we yeah. talked about the last thirty minutes. How would you, how would you give us a synopsis? Well, <laughs> this is the point where we put you on the spot. <laughs> No pressure. Well, basically, um, a story is critical to get a customer involved in your product, involved in your service. You're not going to be able to get their attention if you're just advertising at them. Mm-hmm. And so, in today's age, if you can't, as Alicia said, if you can't cut through all of the interference, if you're part of that background noise, you don't have a chance. The only way you're going to get in front is with a story that grabs their attention, makes them think, and makes them understand and want to get involved. Great. So. And to wrap this up, if somebody wanted help in crafting their specific story, how would they get in contact with you? Oh, well, they could um, send me a email, info at speakingofsuccess.us, or they could call me, area code 401-413-2565. Great. We'll also put those in the show notes so that way yep. anybody that okay. wants to go back and And I'll, I'm going to be having a workshop um, probably slated for October 30th. Oh, great. And, uh, there'll be more more information coming on that. Great. When, when you get that information to us, we'll get into the show notes and great. Try to pop that out. Great. Well, thank, thank you. you for joining us today. We appreciate you uh, oh, coming great. and checking with us. I had fun. Thank you. And now it's time for a little bit of a shameless plug on our side. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, Justin, take it away. Well, you can find the Marketing Essentials team on the web at marketingessentialsteam.com. And we have all of our episodes, past episodes, listed there on our site. There's also a contact form if you want to reach out to us directly. And we also have a private Facebook group for people who are interested in marketing. Oh, that's the exclusive group. It's the exclusive group. Gotcha. Um, It was very difficult to get in. Just ask Rich. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Did we let him in yet? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
but it's a great place if you um, are a small business owner and you want to just have a place where you can go and get some marketing support and ask some questions and talk to other people who have similar interests. Uh, so you can find that on Facebook at Little Roadie Marketing Support Group. And of course, we have our Facebook page and. Uh, yeah, throwing a blank here all of a sudden. Uh, also, if you're interested, if you're one of those people that likes to listen on the go, we have our uh, Apple Podcast, Yep, which uh, is market Marketing Essentials Team. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can subscribe to that and get all of our previous podcasts and also uh, get notified when the next one comes out. I think with that, I, I think that's all we've got for the t- today. Yep. I guess it's time to say bye. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Goodbye.